Valentine's Day is around the corner. Last chance to get your man what he really wants. And that's some new lube. Meow. Get him something. Skip the waste of time with the dinners. Skip the waste of time with a romantic night out. No one wants a, a teddy bear. No one wants a teddy bear. Romantic, <laughs> romantic night in with some woo, coconut oil, lubricant, all natural, all organic. Tastes good. Feels good. Your man will thank you. Little stevia, little beeswax for grip, little vanilla essence for smell. We are Delicious. running out of time. Running out of time. <laughs> and you are running out of time yourself to get it before Valentine's Day. <sighs> to try Woo More Play, go to WooMorePlay.com and enter promo code him and her at checkout for 20% off. Again, that's WooMorePlay.com and promo code him and her for 20% off. Ladies, don't let your man down for Valentine's Day. She's a lifestyle blogger extraordinaire. Fantastic. And he's a serial entrepreneur. A very smart cookie. And now Lauren Everts and Michael Bostick are bringing you along for the ride. Get ready for some major realness. Welcome to the Skinny Confidential, him and her. Aha! Point of the matter was, is it's like move the energy, yeah. you know, and get out of that state because worrying is praying for what you don't want to happen what happens when you see somebody in crisis in a human platform we criticize i'm going to believe in you until you can i'm going to hold you in that vision so the compassion is there but it's like as powerful creators where can we be effective are you done uh Mess around on that phone there. We're ready to go. Yeah, I'm ready to go. You ready to go? I'm ready to go. Welcome back, everybody. Here we are. Lauren, what are you doing? I need that full attention. Okay, Michael. You are full looking attention. dewy. You are glowy. I am. Um, I, you know what? I've been told this whole week that I've been looking glowy. I, you know what? Only me would have a husband that looks dewier and glowier. I'm glowing. I'm flowing. I'm in the zone. Your skincare routine is so gnarly. We're going to do a blog post or YouTube channel on it because you have a, like a 40-step Korean situation. Well, here, here's the thing. We've talked to, I don't know how many, um, let me go fix my mic here. We've we talked to so many different skin experts, doctors, gurus on this podcast. Like, you know, we were, we were out to lunch the other day and one of the women we were out to lunch was asking me like, how does she get her husband to get into skin and how does... Listen, there's nothing special about me in skin at all. Nothing. It's just I've had 15 hours of conversation with people that are experts in the space. That's like, you know, anything else. If you talk to anybody about 15 hours about something, you're obviously going to learn a thing or two. I knew nothing before. Like I said, I've told this joke a million times. It's not really even a joke. I was an old weathered saddle using my upper forehead as a sleep mask on airplanes um, before this. But listen, for all the men out there, I sit, but Lauren, it's okay. It's just a notification. I sit out there. <laughs> <laughs> I, sit, I sit there um, with these women. I was like, listen, you cannot get down on the men in your life because why the fuck would they know about skin? They're not interested. You I know what blows my fucking mind, Michael? What? Is that I am like such a practitioner of skin and you're not giving me one ounce of credit. No, no, you can have a lot of credit. But Thank you. Are you kidding? You're you, going to say that listen, the reason that you it take... It takes two okay. to tango. All right. It it takes do, two you to know tango. what, Michael? The reason that you do skincare is because I would put all my skincare on step by step by step and make loud mo- moaning noises. Like you orgasmic. Loud, yeah, you make loud moaning noises. That's orgasmic sure. noises. Uh, and then no, you were curious. No, I. it's not... It, it wasn't not... It's part of it. But the thing is, is we talk to people like 
Dr. Dennis and Kate Somerville and the girls from Glow uh-huh. Beauty. Okay, no All credit. these people. Guys, no, you're getting credit. I hope everyone hears Listen, this. you feel bad for me. Obviously, you have the credit. You're the foundation. But what I'm trying to point out is, listen, I see the DMs. You know what I'm going to point out? What? That you have toothpaste all over your sweater. You know what I'm going to point out? <laughs> that it's your toothpaste. Because That's true. You're getting a little sloppy. That's true. Uh, <laughs> like, where are we here? What, what are we doing here? I don't know. Oh yeah, we're doing. The we're lethargic, you guys. We've had literally six interviews in a row. Well, also we have. To, we're going to dinner with a bunch of the people we work with, our team, and I don't know what these people are doing. Scheduling eight thirty. I'm in bed by Michael's nine o'clock. Michael's really mad, you guys, that you scheduled eight thirty. He's geriatric. Paige, he, if you're listening to this, Paige. know that when that waiter gets to the table, I'm ordering because okay, I got to be in you're, bed. Stop! You're being so anal Wait, about. Can your I get back to the point? Yeah, though, get back to your skin routine so, that I invented. What I was saying is, there's a lot of women. I see the DMs. I see you sliding in, asking me how to get your husbands involved. No one's sliding it's in. It's not as simple oh God, because your husbands are probably not as interested. I would start slow and steady wins the race, okay, get them one or two things. Stop giving skincare advice. I'm not giving skincare advice. I'm just saying that, of course, <laughs> I have to pick up a thing or two because I have to talk to people for 15 or hours Or an 18-step routine. <laughs> yeah, but now I'm going to start maybe evolving into into new things that I'm going to start talking okay, about. Okay, since this episode is so heavily um, themed on spirituality, I thought it would be fun for a couple minutes to just discuss ways that you practice spirituality. So do you want me to start or do you want to start? I, I want you to start and I don't know if okay. I want to get so into spirituality for me. I'm, I, I think I do some spiritual things like meditation and reading, but I'm Skincare. not like, necessarily the most spiritual of beings myself. I am working on my spirituality. I feel like it's a practice. Um, I am reading A Course in Miracles, which was one of my mom's favorite books, and The Balance Blonde, and Melissa Woodhealth actually um, kind of bumped me towards it even more. So that's something I'm doing. I also uh, am meditating every single day, every single morning, seven days a week, and I feel like that's really helped with my anxiety, and it's a place when I can just spend time with myself in silence, and that to me is very spiritual. And then I practice stoicism every day. Um, and I think that that sort of has a spiritual spin to it. Yeah. I think anytime you're looking inward, there's some spiritualness. Is that weird? Spirituality, spiritualness to it or whatever. I don't know the word. Yes. But it's anytime, okay. anytime you you're, anytime you're looking inward, I believe there's some spirituality to it, an okay. element to it. Are you looking inward at that toothpaste on your sweater? I'm looking inward, trying to understand how I'm going to get through this late dinner. Oh my God, you guys, guys Come on, guys. Come on. <laughs> Next time. What time on. would you like dinner? Because I'm going to go ahead and say 6 p.m. Six. Okay. Six, seven. I'm early bird Way special. Way to turn my spiritual conversation into what time you're having dinner. <laughs> yes. Okay. Speaking uh, or speaking of spiritualness or spiritual spirituality. God damn it. Spirituality. <laughs> speaking of spirituality, everybody, let's talk about Julie Piat, a true spiritual wellness warrior, also known as Srimati, which I had to ask how to pronounce when we were interviewing her. She's also the wife of Rich Roll, who's been on this podcast, fellow podcaster. She is an author, podcast host, plant-based chef, motivational speaker, and meditation guide, as well as yoga teacher and a singer doing a lot of things there, Julie. So with that, we're going to get into some spiritual stuff here on the podcast. I know this is kind of a a dicey intro. Julie, welcome to the show. I hope you guys enjoy. Before we get into the interview with Julie, I want to talk to you about my new favorite pair of kicks. This is probably one of my favorite sponsors yet because these are something that I've been wearing every single day. Okay, so we are working with Rothy's, and they're basically the most comfortable flat you'll ever own. I wear them all day. Here's the tip, though. You have to get them in white, okay? Mine are... I. <laughs> 
this is embarrassing, but I have three pairs and they're all white. They're so efficient because you can just slip them on when you're grabbing a Postmates or you want to go walk to coffee or you got to run out to your Uber, whatever it is. You just slip these shoes on. They're white. They really flatter the feet, which is super important to me. And, and they make your feet look very cute. I know that sounds weird, but they do. I wear them with track pants, sweatpants, even like a summer dress. They're cute. Okay, guys. All right. So Rothy's is the everyday flat for life. It's for people on the go. They're stylish. They're classic. They're comfortable and they're very fashionable, especially the white. Let me tell you. So you should also know that this company makes the flats out of recycled plastic water bottles. I mean, that is cool, right? It's reached 20 million bottles recycled, which is insane. And there's another major added bonus. They're machine washable. So you can just keep washing them over and over and over. You know, sometimes your feet sweat. You don't want to be having feet sweat. So with Rothy's, you can wash them over and over. You feel good about it because they're made out of recycled water bottles and they're cute. Like I said, they make your feet look chic. I love my Rothy's and I know you guys will too. Right now, Rothy's is having an amazing deal for TSC listeners. All you have to do is use code SKINNY to get free shipping with no minimum. Free shipping and free returns and exchanges on your Rothy shoes. And trust me, you guys are not going to return them. They're amazing. So go to rothys.com. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S.com and enter promo code SKINNY to get your new favorite flats plus free shipping. It's a no-brainer. These shoes are comfortable, stylish, and sustainable. Plus, you get free shipping. Go get yourself a pair today. Rothy's.com, promo code SKINNY. Get this deal, guys, while it lasts. It's a good one. This is the Skinny Confidential, him and her. They met when she was 12 and he was 15. Okay. And they weren't dating then, but they were shortly afterwards. And then they kind of took a break in college, but then they ended up back together. So there are true love relationships like that. I like think so. You guys, which is really, I tell the really story special. a lot, but uh, I thought she was the substitute teacher when I first saw her because she came in fully developed and I was yeah. a little kid and I was like, You're like hey, I like that. I had another girlfriend and I was like, listen, we're over. He was 4-1. <laughs> he was 4 I was 12 years old. You know, women are so cute. Women develop a little quicker. <laughs> so they do. Yeah. Speaking of relationships, we'll yes. just hop right into okay, it. Okay, let's just go. When did you enrich me? We met in, I think it was 1999. I, I had practiced yoga. I had been in, you know, a yoga room, like a community of yoga. So I had been in the same room with him for a year, not knowing that he had a crush on me because he was in the back and I was kind of in the front. And so I think we met in 1999 because we, we experienced the millennium celebration together. And that was kind of the beginning of our relationship. And is this post his whole thing where he decided to get fit or pre? Oh, it's pre before the before the fit thing. Okay. Yeah, but it was he he met me actually. I was the first relationship um, after his three month um, rehab experience. So, so this been, is when he was trying to get clean. Yeah, he got clean. He had been at this you know, institution, he calls it, it's like a ranch or something in Oregon. So he had been there for three full months and then had committed to a year of um, celibacy. And so I was his first relationship out of that experience. And I think that's a good tip. If you want to, you know, 
if you want to make an impression on a man, be the first relationship when he's been celibate for a year, and that helps. No. I think you if know. If we ever break up, you need to go celibate. For uh, a that's year a long time. He came on uh, for those to to give some context. Rich Roll, you're married to Rich Roll. He was on this episode, uh, this podcast. I think it was episode number one ten a little while back. So maybe go listen to that one and then come back to this. But he told uh, he told this story as well on that show, and it's that interesting now to get your perspective. Aww. We're gonna get the real story now. Aww, that's sweet. So let's just start with your background. Tell us yeah. a little bit about your childhood. Oh, my childhood. Wow. Well, I'm the youngest of five, and I was born in Colorado, and we moved to Alaska. I turned nine on the way up. We drove up with five kids and two dogs in an AMC Hornet. My dad was up there waiting for us, and my mom drove us up there. Um, so I spent my younger years, my very young years in nature in Colorado, really in the forest. I never had toys I had a lot of stuffed animals. I really liked animals a lot, but mostly it was a lot of imaginary playing in the forest. And then when we moved to Alaska, that continued. I mean, I tell stories of going out hiking for, you know, 20 hours with no adult supervision, with no iPhone, with no uh, pepper spray, with no water even. <laughs> and we would just hike and hike and hike out in the wilderness in Alaska. And by some miracle, we didn't die or <laughs> found our way back. So I had a lot of unsupervised experiences in Alaska. Now, not all nature driven because it was a, a drug port to East Asia. Oh, and it was uh, much like today, it was sort of the days of the Wild West where pot was legal. So like everyone had a grow closet wherever you went. <laughs> and it's all also sort of a Wild West community where there's no social class separation. So you have the, you know, the madam of the prostitution house having dinner with the mayor, with the governor, you know. So it, it was very, it was a very wild upbringing. And I think I learned a lot of street smarts, much as if I had grown up on the streets of New York. And I also learned a lot of creativity and conne connection to nature. And by some grace of God, I didn't die, <laughs> either from drugs or from falling off a sheer cliff or something or like, like a that. Bear or yeah, something, bear or something whatever like it was. That. What was I mean, your dad way, doing I up there? Oh, my dad was. You said um, he was waiting up there for you. Well, my or dad was a was a Indiana Jones type character. So he was born in Texas, a Depression child, and he ended up being a Navy pilot and got his master's in engineering. So he worked for a corporation called uh, Martin Marietta Corporation mm -hmm. in Colorado, and he left there at age 40, maybe 44, because he really loved the outdoors and he wanted to live in Alaska. So he drove up. My mom waited two years for him to get the business set up. And then we followed. And he was a bush pilot and a civil engineer for his entire life up there. His He passed away maybe two years ago, three years ago now. And his last job was when he was, he died at 92. I think he was wow. 89. And he was the project manager on a $72 million museum uh, for this famous architect named David Chipperfield from London. Um, so he was he had a quite amazing life that he was making more in his last years than he was early in his career. But that's why we ended up there. That's got to be one of the secrets, right? Like 
keeping your mind active that long. I always worry, you know, as my parents get older, like, you know, there's people that work their whole lives to retire. And then I feel like a lot of times when that happens, you kind of start to decline. So I always want to keep my, my dad, my mom, I want to keep them like active doing things. Is that one of the secrets? I think maybe probably. Yeah, definitely. I think in his case as well, he had this relationship with the native culture up there and he was like their white man that they went to. So he continued to try to resign. He was like, I can't see, I can't hear. And they would say, we'll send the car to pick you up at seven. So they always, they valued his wisdom and they were willing to wait for him to, you know, figure it out. They were, they were waiting, they were willing to slow down to receive the wisdom. And that was a, a blessing for his life. How did you start to become so spiritual? Was that natural innate? <laughs> Yeah, I was born this way. I don't know if you guys, you know, if you guys experience that in life, but I think I was just born with that thing, you know, the thing where I always was wanting to know what happened when we die, wanting to know what was beyond the body. I was very interested in, in figures like Jesus and Buddha and Gandhi. And, you know, I, I just had this knowing that this was not what we were doing what we're physically doing is not all that we're doing so it was a calling and really a yearning that has informed every aspect of my life for sure so you describe yourself as a spiritual wellness warrior which i love how do you define that i don't know someone just made that up yeah uh well let's see i would say more than that i mean i know that's in my bio so yeah. thanks thanks for reading that but yep. i'm an artist and I use whatever medium is presented. But the reason for the expression is some dance or some connection with the spiritual, the unseen. So so like with your book, with the cookbook, yes. that's something that you're expressing yourself with spiritually. Yeah, very much. And really, so if you like if you look at any of my dreams, I never wanted to be a chef. Um, this was a response to the culture asked me to do this and I was good at it. So I was like, oh, I could do that. And people are asking for food. Hmm, I could be helpful in that way. I think more what I bring to my food is a mother energy. I do embody a mother. It's just part of my design. I that the second <laughs> I do feel very calm right now. No, you do. It's not, it, Not by the way, you're beautiful. Not mm. You look very, very young, but your energy is a mother energy. Mm. I totally feel it's that. It's calming. Yeah. If, you, if you look in my Vedic charts or in a human design profile, it is in my design. It's it's how I was made. And so that's why Srimati is yeah, my spiritual I wanna, I wanna name. Yeah, I want to get into that. Which in one translation means divine mother, Srimati. Um, and it's something that I bring. So when I'm creating food or I just created um, an amazing uh, technology of plant-based cheeses, the reason that I do that is because I infuse my creativity, as we all do, with the frequency that we embody. So if I'm able to gather all of my wisdom or what I've learned, my experiences that I could share with humanity, and if I can infuse it through food, when they create these recipes or eat my cheese, um, they're going to feel it's a frequency shift. So it's more than a cookbook. It's more than just food. It's a frequency. It's an opportunity for an activation to expand, to feel something maybe that's beyond, you know, just the just the physical taste. How do you use that frequency with your relationship and being a mom? Okay. Well, um, I would say that my teachers 
my greatest teachers have been my children. And I've had a string of gurus and teachers and masters in different lineages, which has been an exploration of mine. Um, that's been amazing and super fun and really interesting. Um, but the, my children above all is this deep contract that you have when you give birth to a child. And I always talk about the being born is it's reciprocal. So I birth a child, but the child births the mother. So I wasn't a mother until my child made me a mother. So in that way, I recognize my children as being uh, divine souls, as I do all of us, every single thing in creation, who has lived thousands of lifetimes. And so I come to motherhood with that reverence and that that acknowledgement. So it is my contract to keep them safe from knives and fire and, you know, a cliff and these, these things. But it's not my job to mold them. It's my job to listen to who they are and then try to support that. You know who has a very similar mentality? Who? I just read her book, Kathy Seagal. Really? Do you know who that is? It is it Katie Seagal Katie or Seagal. Kathy? <gasps> I thought you know what's really funny? Katie. Is, okay. Is it Rich Friends with her husband? Yes. Yeah. So I know Katie. Are you serious? Yeah, I do. Oh, I didn't know that. No, but I mean, I'm not super close with Katie. Kurt, Kurt, her husband and Rich are very close friends. And so we've been invited to their home many, many, many times. And Katie's an awesome woman. I mean, she's a powerhouse and so multi-talented. Peggy multi Bundy. Wow. Yeah, exactly. And she's a beautiful musician and singer yep. and, and her kids are extraordinary. So I take that's a beautiful compliment. So she has me. the same kind of mentality with children. And I was reading yeah. that and I, I thought that's how I want to be when I have children. Don't tell them who they are. Mm -hmm. Let them tell you. Yeah. Well, they will anyway. Yeah. Even if you think that you're going to tell them something, <laughs> they will. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a, I think as parents, sometimes I find this in, in education, we we all have traumas, you know, we all have whatever we were missing. And then we ha we give birth to a child and we make it our mission that that child is not going to experience that. And what I'm always talking about and offering is that as parents and adults, we need to commit to heal our own traumas and not project that onto our child because that child has a completely unique life. It may have traits that are similar or genetic or ancestral things, but Overall, it's not the child's responsibility to resolve the parent's issues. And I think that uh, coming to parenthood and allows this portal of more unconditional love and, and non-judgment and allowing for the diversity of life when we really understand that each of us is completely unique in the entire multiverse, like not another you ever, anywhere, ne nowhere. So when you can really feel that, you feel... How silly it is that sometimes as humans, we run around trying to convince people that this is the right way. <laughs> you know, my way is the right way. So I always use animal um, examples. So like the eagle wouldn't spend its life, you know, writing books and speaking and marching, trying to convince the frog that the eagle way is the right way. <laughs> so it becomes very simple and, and very clear when you look at it like that. There's a lot of young parents that listen to this. So how do you... How do you kind of get away from that, right? Because it's it's natural in a lot of ways to project yourself onto somebody else. And as a young parent, you know, you're going through it and you're trying to figure out the tools to parent the right way. How do you be cognitive and stay away from projecting your maybe your insecurities or your faults or the negative aspects of your of yourself onto the child? 
Before we jump into that, I want to talk about a Thrive Market. How perfect is this? I'm eating a nut butter packet, enjoying my black coffee, having my fat bomb for my intermittent fast, and I got my little fat packet from Thrive Market. So a lot of you guys have messaged me about groceries and what I like and my grocery list, and I feel like I wanted to create an efficient way to shop and have everything in one place. And what I did is I created my own Skinny Confidential Thrive Market page. So everything's streamlined. You can just go to this page, just Google the Thrive Market, the Skinny Confidential, and there's a podcast page. And basically what's on it is the kind of apple cider vinegar I like. It's organic if we're being specific. They also have these capers that I like with my wild lock salmon if we're getting specific. They have things like peppermint organic essential oil. I carry this in my purse and I'm always like, I'm, I'm running around spraying it on people's breath because it makes your breath smell really good. We also have my favorite Primal Kitchen avocado oil, which is amazing on a salad with champagne vinaigrette, a little bit of Italian spices, and some lemon. And then you'll find things like my favorite popcorn, my favorite soap, my favorite Aztec healing mask, even my favorite ketchup. It's all streamlined on the Thrive Market page. So you can go there, you can shop, you can get all your groceries, you have everything super clear. Why I like Thrive and why I've always been a huge Thrive Market fan is because it takes the middleman out of the equation. You don't have to worry about the food you're getting or the ingredients you're getting. Thrive Market sources everything. They have even organic wines. Everything is streamlined in one spot. You guys have heard it here before, and we've talked about it many times, and we'll continue to do so. Thrive Market offers 25 to 50% below retail on all items. So not only do they have the best products, but they have the best prices. To try Thrive Market, go to thrivemarket.com skinny for 25% off your first order plus free shipping. Again, that's thrivemarket.com slash skinny for 25% off your first order and free shipping. Can't say enough nice things about this brand. We love it and you will love it too. Check it out. By always looking at yourself first in every situation. And that's also in relationship as well. So the only, the only place that you have control of the transformation is within your own self. And so in any moment of conflict or challenge or adversity or celebration, really anything, this awareness of, of the self is really where the treasure is. So, you know, again, as parents, we're here to guide, we're here to love unconditionally, we're here to do the best that we can. I don't, I don't mean that we're not involved, I'm very involved, I'm very vocal with my kids. Um, but I think thinking that um, we are shaping them to be some kind of life form is where we get into trouble. I would agree. You said that you had a lot of gurus and teachers mm-hmm. along along your life. Mm-hmm. Can you speak on that? Is there any that have really stood out that have really helped you? Yeah, I'm, I won't mention any names. And the reason that I won't is because then someone might go try to find that person and think that that was the right guru for them. So because of who I am, because of my lineage, my past lives, whatever it is, whatever makes up why I have a spiritual name, I mean, Srimati. Why do you um, have a spiritual name? I don't name? know. No, uh, because I was actually studying with this Indian master. I had, I guess, checked it off on a form and I didn't even realize I had been a very ambitious spiritual seeker. So I I had a big passion for it and I wanted to get it right and I wanted to know and I wanted to study. And so I had a series of lessons. One was that I got my power taken away from me in a very violent way. And I had studied with this 
occult master occult means hidden by the way so an occult master who was working in meditations uh experiencing other kinds of life forms and he was in his 70s and a quite beautiful human being very merlin like long white hair and and uh celibate completely celibate this was in the states or this is here yeah and i was trying to be his most devoted student and i ended up getting served a legal notice like basically accusing me of trying to steal from him i mean it was the most crazy thing and it broke my heart this is how you had your power taken from you yeah okay uh broke my heart and i couldn't even talk to anybody because like i didn't nobody anyone else who had broken up with their guru that i could have this discussion with (laughs) and i couldn't really process it with rich because He's just not wired how I am, and he couldn't understand it on the same level. So I went into meditation, and that's when I started channeling my music, and that's when I became a musician. So that was a very beautiful moment. Sometime after him, I worked with another individual who gave me my spiritual name. I had wanted one very, very badly, and then um, decided that this other teacher was not right for me and had gone away. And then when I wasn't expecting it, he called me, and he had given me a spiritual name. And when I went to see him, there were three descriptions of the spiritual name. It is the being of who you are. So if he was gonna give you a spiritual name, he would meditate on you and he would find the frequency that is the being of who you are. It's also your path to enlightenment, some stage of enlightenment, some level, because it's all it goes forever eternally. And it's also a goal of enlightenment if there is a goal. So it's threefold. And there were a few different traditions or like threads that your name can tie you to. And one of it is to study, one of it is to be of service, and one of it is to be blissful. So I was in line waiting to get my spiritual name, thinking like, oh, I better study more and I better serve more. And then when I went to him, he said, your name is... Ma Ananda Srimati. And he said, this means blissful, beautiful, and fortunate. And he said, be that. And for me at that moment, because I had been in so much turmoil, it was like 10,000 bricks just flew off my back. And I was reunited with the artist that I am. I create beauty. That's what I do in everything that I do. And that's my purpose. I don't have to study or I'm not supposed to study or serve. Yes, I study and serve, but you know what I mean? That's not the the main focus. So I was returned back to the natural essence of who I am through that, through that name. And I shortened it to Srimati because people have a hard enough time saying Srimati than I'm, if I'm like, my name's Manan Srimati. That's why I had to ask you in the no. beginning. I was, I was going to butcher that. Srimati's <laughs> like a better like marketing, like it shows better in a font that way as well. But now it's kind of interesting because I'm at this point now after, you know, so many years of study, I'm 56 years old and I've come into this moment of integration of really everything that I've known. And I'm in a moment where I'm, I'm very minimal, very simplistic, very connected to nature, very interested in understanding everything is spiritual. You are no less or more spiritual than I am. You are no less or more spiritual than she is. It's just different flavors. And I don't even think consciousness doesn't even care. It doesn't care if you're spiritually aware or if you're interested in 
you know, trapeze. Like it, it's just what brings you joy. What is your natural essence? And so that's what I'm sharing now on a new website that I'm launching very soon. And, and I'm using my, my street name, Julie Pyatt. So it's just juliepyatt.com. And it's going to be the synthesis of all of these techniques that I've learned, all the wisdom to really make it universally uh, applicable to really anyone. So we were we were talking right before I, Lauren came in the room. We were talking about the fires because you and Rich, your home's in Malibu and very close to the fires. And you were saying that you were actually, what did you say, Miami or Florida? Somewhere I was in Miami. You were yeah. in Miami uh-huh. leading a retreat. And I was asking you, I said, well, were you freaking out? And you said you were actually kind of had a spiritual outlook. Can you talk about why and how? Yeah. So, well, my retreat, I've been teaching a retreat for the last year and a half. It's called Beloved. And the reason that I call it Beloved is that I use the retreat and as a transformational experience to really fall in love with yourself. So there's mirror work, you know, receiving yourself in the mirror, like shifting this whole idea that there's something outside of yourself that has to happen in order for you to be in love with yourself. And the fires hit, I had, I guess, 13 or no, maybe like 15 people there. And it gave me a very visceral opportunity to be in the work of the techniques and to be um, in the present moment, to hold the vision, to trust in the divine plan. And so I had some of my retreat attendees were like, you must be so stressed or this must be so hard. And it just really wasn't um, because this is what we've cultivated over all those years is to be, if we, this is where, this is where we have to hold it together, right? In those points. And so I know that I have power of presence in this moment. I know that I can hold a vibration, like the vibration you guys feel right now. I can hold that. And that, that does something that holds a feel for my community, for my loved ones, for my humanity, for the Malibu community. So it was a a remarkable, wild time. And some people were holding some trauma, actually, because they knew some loved ones who had lost homes. And uh, and then we did like Church of Stevie Wonder. So I, they just walked in. They were all sad and like ready to be all like that. And I was like, Church of Stevie Wonder, dance your ass off. What's a Church of Stevie Wonder? Just playing the best the- Stevie Wonder songs ever. I want to go Very to that loud. That's good. Yeah. And it, the point of the matter was, is it's like move the energy. Yeah. You know, and get out of that state because worrying is praying for what you don't want to happen right so there was a lot that's of, an interesting way to say that yeah right I, I haven't heard it that way in a while so when you're when you're okay this is another thing that's really beautiful okay so if you talk about a christ perspective and i'm not talking about a christian i'm talking about the being that was christ that is christ and we talk about what are the qualities that that being imbibes what happens when you see somebody in crisis in a human platform we criticize and we offer my mom used to call it i'm going to give you some constructive criticism right and then it would be this whole you know you should be doing that you should be doing this you should be why aren't you doing this why aren't you more like her why aren't you more like him but really if you look at what is a christ perspective if we are powerful creators and we can hold a vision to create things with our thoughts and our visions, then if I love you and I love you and I'm really in a Christ uh, vibration, I'm not going to criticize you. You might be 
in a drug addiction, you might be spinning out, you might be having some issues. And I'm going to say, I'm going to hold you in this perfection while you're doing that. So I'm going to believe in you until you can. I'm going to hold you in that vision. So what we did is we held Malibu in that vision rather than go, oh, it's so bad and everything's happening. And, and again, it's like, it's a balance because you obviously the city was on fire and it was major, you know? And so the compassion is there, but it's like as powerful creators, where can we be effective? Is that sort of how you deal with anxiety? And and if it is or it isn't, can you give us some tips if anyone's listening and they have anxious feelings? I feel like you're the person to ask. Mm. Okay, so anxiety, what I would say is, first of all, remember that we are multisensory beings. So we are digesting information, energy, fuel, you know, substance that is beyond water or food so of course it's the music you listen to it's what you're watching it's who's around you maybe you don't even know them the content you're consuming exactly the content you're consuming so what i would say immediately is you gotta you gotta never have a tv anywhere in your house you just gotta get rid of it completely so i I said about netflix i said yeah netflix is fine i mean on your computer or on it, you know, curated, that's fine. You but mean I'm like, you know, like about the... the one that just runs nonstop. But I'm also going to say that curated is also a level. I do this. I'm a mother of four, raised five. I have older boys. I want to be in the know. I want to watch the cool films. And lately I'm starting to understand the implication of watching violence. Now I can say as an artist, like, well, it was really great art, right? I just have an inkling that, do you guys watch Mad Men? Yeah. Because, you know, like the scene where she's pregnant and she's smoking a cigarette and then drinking the, you know, martini. Yep. There's going to be a moment where they look back on us. We look back on us in other forms and we're going to be like, they didn't understand. And they were completely programming themselves with violence. And then this was being reflected in their life. Wow. They didn't know. And I always see that example as a really visceral example because it seems so ridiculous to us now when we look at it. So I would just invite a lot more discernment into what you're exposing yourself to. I would also just make another unpopular statement right now, but I just have to say it. This craze into marijuana as the panacea for every single thing is just not in right alignment. If you have anxiety, it's probably, it might calm you at the beginning and later it's going to cause way more anxiety. Well, people are constantly, I I agree with you there, but people are constantly looking for these fixes, external fixes, right? We talk about this a lot and certain things to drink, marijuana, you know, mushroom, whatever, whatever your vice is can make you feel better maybe in the short term, but you're going, these issues are going to keep arising if you don't figure out internally what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would say also that there is an energy that is connected to that substance. It is a, a living substance and you are interacting with that. And so it's just not nothing. 
And it's like, I drive around downtown now and I smell it everywhere. And it's like, you know, sometimes it feels like it, it has joined me in my car. You're also acknowledging it. You're also saying this actually really exists in me and I need this to combat it as opposed to figuring out, okay, this exists and I need to get rid of it. You're, mm -hmm. you're saying, okay, this is going to stay here and this is what I need to keep mm -hmm. it at bay. Mm -hmm. And then what I would say just to give a, just to give a technique, cause I didn't really give like a visceral one thing. I have a meditation technique where uh, the lion, the, the large part of it is a humming process. So what I would say is if you're feeling anxiety is you can either download my technique but if you don't want to, you can just hum. So it's a humming meditation. So instead of oming, so an om would be om. So it's going out. You're going to put your awareness in your heart and you're going to draw the sound up from your navel to your heart and you're going to hum internally. So you're going to take a big breath and they go like that you're gonna let's try it can you get it breathe i forgot to breathe yeah i'm gonna, like, I'm I gonna do this at 5 a.m no, next year no that's how, i i could see how could that would change the it? frequency of, yeah. of your body yeah it, it changes the probably mm -hmm. chemicals right so what you're gonna do is you're gonna breathe you're gonna hum as intensely as you can it's not about sounding pretty do it for five minutes. Five minutes. It's a long time. Okay. Even th even if you made it three minutes, just okay. keep breathing, humming, breathing, humming, breathing, humming. Srimati, breathing. I am a little concerned that if I do this at five a.m. in the morning when I get up, that my that I might have she some went. physical danger. Get up on the roof, like she rich, and get, and fucking pitch a can tent. Can we just talk about <laughs> my husband sleeping in a tent? We, uh, wait, I have to talk about <laughs> wait, that. We, I, I would really. We talked about it a little when he came on our show. I would really like to get your perspective yeah. on this because I wanted to, I got, we got his perspective. Just, yeah, no, it, just hopefully. if you can give right like thing. a one, uh, like a couple, a short summary well, of your husband. Yeah, we'll so send you the clip. Why can, my husband know. sleeps in a tent. Yeah. Actually, we just took a really good photo. I told him I was going to write an article for Medium about why my husband sleeps in a tent. Well, Mr. Rich Roll, did he tell you that I told you that I found that I told him that he was like sensitive and I thought he was on the spectrum? No, but, no, no, but tell this is this is why I would <laughs> okay. love to get your your side of this. Okay, so Rich Roll is an extremely sensitive human being, much more sensitive than he's aware of or anybody else. So he's like Ultraman, right? Endurance man, and he's going to go conquer the world. He's a very sensitive, extremely intuitive individual. Like he can read a room in thirty seconds and know what every everybody's about just right away. So when I first met Rich, I was all ready for some snuggling. So I tried to snuggle with this guy and he like had a volcanic like panic attack explosion because I touched his body like when he was in bed, just like he literally freaks out when he's touched, doesn't like massages, doesn't like any of that. I know you're wondering like, how does this relationship work? So let me just skip to that now. In our sexual interactions, we have this amazing creative dance and we just match together i've been with him going on 20 years yeah, something's it's gotta be like working. my boyfriend every time it's never the same we never talk about it it's like a complete amazing thing so don't ask me but god figured it out but this guy is not a snuggler so i'm not snuggling with him this is not happening he's very intense the way that he puts his feet on the earth it's like very right like very you know that so 
And I'm extremely sensitive. Oh, and usually like you're describing a relationship. <laughs> pretty. I don't know. The tents come. I think I feel the tents coming. No, I'm getting so, your tent. My name would be Sri Tensity Anxiety. <laughs> so good. So the thing is, is, is I wake up in the when it's still dark out, and I'm doing my. Mm, I'm humming, and I'm you know having tea ceremony and meditating. It's where all my information comes. And he's having his own intense experience. Uh, doesn't sleep very well. He he needs the room so freezing, like forty nine degrees would Holy be good shit, for him. That's I mean, cold. he loves it freezing, and I I don't. You know? Shit, I would get him a different house. Well, it's, I kind of did. <laughs> yeah. I got him to tent. So yeah. So what we just figured out, he we have this flat roof, and so a lot of times with the kids when they were growing up, we would have just sleep over sleep outs on the roof, and then he would sleep out there a lot because it was cold and he liked it. And so in the recent years, we found out that if he can have this kind of cocoon, it's he doesn't want a big tent. It's got to be kind of small, so it creates a kind of a like a container. And then the latest thing is, is I was like, babe, I go, you know, I think you might be slightly spectrum. And he's laughing. He's like, oh, perfect. You know, now after all these years, you're going to diagnose me as this. And I was like, yeah, I go, but what does it sound like to you if you had a blanket that had weights in it? I go, how does that sound? He goes, that sounds amazing. <laughs> so they have these blankets called gravity blankets. Those and, are great. Right? Yeah. So he got that and had the best 10 nights sleep that he's ever in the had. Tent in or the tent? In the tent. And then he was teasing me because he said, then my addiction kicked in. He goes, and now I want more. So I was, <laughs> I was laughing. I was like, babe, you could like stack like five of those on top of each other. Like he keeps wanting more pressure. Like Rich Roll su suffocated in his tent under too many gravity blankets. Does he sleep there seven nights a week? Oh, yeah. And he does it because he likes also, he said, the sun to rise or something with him. Is that or no? No, See, I don't know. He wasn't giving to, us the right we have to ask we, have, we have a lot of high profile. We have to have the wives or significant significant others of these men come on and give yeah. the other story yeah, because exactly. we, we heard a similar story, but not all of this. this not is, all of this. Yeah. yeah, and the thing is, is that what as a married couple, we have dates. You know, we've been mm -hmm. together a long time. It's important. We either meet Take at, notes, Michael. Yeah, we I meet at a date. hotel. We Sexy uh, stranger? Yeah. We, you know, we Sexy just... Stranger. We just, I'm just guessing what that is. I don't even know, but I'm just going with Like you, you kind of go, like, yeah. and maybe maybe Rich shows up in like, like a mustache okay. and, and like, a different hey, outfit. Well, and he's not like, exactly. Picks you up at actually, the bar. Actually, he did wear a mustache in our in our, in our our food video. Did you guys see our food video? <laughs> no, but I oh, You'll have to, it's a very funny video. Right, maybe I'm just, li I'm just living out a weird fantasy here. That's it's, funny. But yeah, you just keep it spicy and show yeah, up yeah. and pick, you know, like picking your up, your wife up at the bar like it's a new thing. Like it's a new thing. Yeah, it is definitely. What are some tips for Michael for him to keep it spicy? Get the tent. Mm. I get the tent coming. Get the tent. I don't know. Look at her. She's amazing. Like, keep it spicy. That does help. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe you can get me a hotel room this weekend. Yeah. There I'll you put go. The yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. I don't know about the mustache. No, she's like, no. No, no mustache. Actually, you know, one time I did have a mustache and she was all fired up about it. And she liked it. Yeah, huh? it feels like you're cheating on him. Well, that's kind of. <laughs> then I got concerned. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And you're like, wait, what are we doing here? What are we yeah. cultivating? <laughs> I think that ceremonies for your relationship are very, very powerful. 
And that means just having those special times, whether it's an anniversary or whether it's a, a spiritual holy day of some kind or just a moment that you set intentions for each other. I think committing to hold the space for each other to realize your individuality, your individual expression is really powerful. And I think independence is extremely sexy and keeps things very, very alive. So a, a lot of space so that when you come together, it's quality and not quantity. So not hours and hours and hours, just, you know, going to Rich and my like nightmare is to go to Home Depot together. Like we, you will never see us there together. We'll never go. That's amazing. Never. You know, one of the things I admire in a lot of the relationships, you know, I have a lot of very close women I'm friends with, like strong women. And one of the things that I really admire about a lot of the relationships is they really allow for individuality, in, both for themselves and for their partner. And I think what you just said is spot on. Like when you when you see that and you're with somebody that allows you to be who you are and, the, and they actually embrace that and they don't stifle it, from what I've seen, that to me looks like the most successful relationships. I've never heard someone say independence is sexy, but that's such a good word for independence. Mm -hmm. I love that. I, I'm going to have to like quote you on that all the time. That's an amazing <laughs> quote. Great. So do you guys, you guys kind of work together. Uh -huh. Not all the time, it sounds like, but yeah. sometimes. How do you make that work? We really don't work together. I mean, it, it, that really kind of wouldn't be the description. We cr we co-create together, Great. right? Good so work. we're very different in our... The first thing that we did is we filmed... We wrote a feature script together called Down Dog. It's a satire on yoga. And Rich filmed... We filmed a short. You know, he adapted the script and we filmed a short... And it was during that shoot that I realized how good we were as a team because he was directing and I was producing. I was also dilated to four and about to give birth to Mathis, our third child. Um, so I, and he was just like, babe, if you go into labor during the shoot, like my movie is ruined. <laughs> so, so I was, uh, you know, sitting in a chair trying not to go into labor, but we saw in that experience, we both do different things. We're very different. Like he's really cerebral, really intelligent. He, he goes for the stats. Like if he was here, he'd be giving you all these statistics. I'll never give you a statistic. I'm gonna feel into your vibration and tell you that. So it's been that for us that's really, really worked. And again, the independence and really ha you know, having things where we're not together as well. I do love teaching on retreat with him. I teach really deep transformational experiences that are really meaningful and the ones that i teach with him are really really beautiful i really really enjoy them a lot when people come to your retreats what do you see as a commonality in these mm -hmm. individuals like what types of trauma are they working through i know it's probably it, it's broad and it ranges mm -hmm. but is there something that you can see in aid in in all of these individuals that's something they share in common yeah, I think it's uh, I think that they have a desire to expand their awareness of life and they are seeking for something d different. Not all of them are completely plant based who come on our trips. But I do think that what's interesting with us is there is no common denominator in the type of human. It could be a couple, uh, a mom and her 19 year old son. You know, it's just literally a whole gamut of individuals, athletes or yoga yogis. But what happens is uh, when they come, they're coming for an experience of health. And then as we go through the week and we go through the yoga practice and the breathing and all the meditations and the fire ceremonies, they realize at the end that they've had a spiritual transformation. And so they're very connected to their heart and their soul. And um, who are the individuals beautiful. that are usually the most resistant 
Does that make sense? Is that a, is that a strange question? Oh, you know, what's so interesting is, is that this is why I really know that we are all spiritual beings having a human experience. The most profound experiences that have been experienced on our retreats have been with the individuals that were the least open, the mm-hmm. least likely. Yeah. So, for instance, it'll be the husband of the yoga teacher and he will drop into a multidimensional experience. And it comes like that. It's so, it's not even far under the surface. You just have to go, okay, let's try this. Let's get in a safe group. Let's talk about some of these principles. Okay, it's okay. I accept you fully. And then we just enter into the practice. And in five minutes, I had this one individual who he was like, can I leave early if I don't like it? I was like, no, you can't leave early. So we started breathing. And in a moment of like seconds, he was in a completely other experience, literally changed his life completely. What do you think of all these ayahuasca ceremonies? Mm, Very good question. Would you compare it to what you're talking about? No. And again, I'm going to say something very maybe unpopular, but I'm not, I'm not an advocate of ayahuasca. So my, this is, and, and I'm sending love to my beautiful friend, Luke, who is on it who is on that trip right now. Which story? So, yeah. Oh, you were just, you were just here. Which story, yeah. That's but he actually now? just story that he's actually in ceremony right now on ayahuasca. So anyway, oh, I'm just going to send that. him and envelop him with all of my love and celebration. And he's such a beautiful soul. So what I have to say as in my own experience is that all of the teachers that I've studied with, none of them and nothing in my lineage advocates using altered you know, things to alter your awareness. The reason for that is that it opens us up into an astral plane, which some people say is collapsing right now, but there's millions of life forms around us that we can't even see, right? And you have a bunch of stuff that you came in here to resolve in your body. You have a lot. We have a lot, all of us. So if you engage with a plant like that and you enter into this other realm, you have a possibility of coming back with more than you went with. Not in fact shedding, but in fact picking up and then having things to deal with. Now it's hard to say because all life form is unique, right? So there could be a life form where that's their lineage and that's what they're made to do. And to that, I say, right on, go do it. But I am not going to say that ayahuasca is the way to an enlightened world or is appropriate for each person. I cannot say that. So if someone wants to become more spiritual and they're new to new to that world, what would you recommend they start with? Good question. I would recommend that they start with a yoga practice, first of all, and self-inquiry of really getting into a meditation of who they are, what they love. Find what you love to do when you were a child. What was it that you were doing at age six? Whatever that was, spend time doing that you know what i was doing at age six Tell i just me. remembered this the other day mm. scrapbooking and now i'm a blogger which there is you go. so mm-hmm. funny mm-hmm. i looked back and at that the other day. i used to scrapbook all the time and make it put pictures and and drawings and like scrapbook and it's essentially blogging without a computer but you're in your dharma that's exactly beautiful <laughs> what's the dharma It's your life purpose, your sacred life purpose, like the reason that you're here, your mission. And so see, if you didn't understand that, then one could be, oh, one could be judgmental about that or say, oh, well, that's not that important or, but see, it is, it's exactly important. And look at how expressed you are in it too. 
you're you're quite an expressed blogger as well so you can see the fruits of what you're doing for me i'm a singer and i was singing at age six and knew that i was and then i waited in my life so that i could sing with my son so i became a musician with my sons in my 40s over an eight-year period wow but now i'm really really focusing on that you know going forward because i know it's a part of my dharma Let's talk about being plant-based. Yes, let's talk. Have about you it. always been plant-based? No, I was raised in Alaska. I had the hunter father, so I was eating caribou tacos, moose stew, moose stew. Yeah, salmon. You know, lots of salmon. Oh my gosh! You know, so I was raised on game meat. Um, so whenever I was eating meat, I was always looking for those more deep flavors. You know, um, and I started practicing yoga, and. As I started practicing yoga, my desire to eat meat dropped me. I didn't decide anything. I just suddenly couldn't eat it anymore. Same thing with alcohol. Same thing, well, drugs I was done. I did drugs at a very young age and was done very early, which is really crazy. So yeah, then I was always pretty thin, you know, so I, I don't have weight issues. We don't have really have food issues in our family. It's not an ancestral thing. So I could eat whatever I wanted. Why do you point at me? Because you were, we talked about it. Because you were saying, yeah, because you were saying that, you know, I need some help. I go, well, you look great. It's like, yeah, help. but on the inside. I need a little help. That's true. Yeah. So I had the same condition. I developed some blood in my colon when I was in my teens. And it's because I was the fifth child. My mom was working. And I don't think I ate a vegetable in Alaska for like, I don't know how long. So luckily it was nothing serious. But then later on in my life, when I when I became a yogi or reconnected with that frequency, oh, I got a cyst in my neck, actually. I got a huge golf ball sized cyst wow, in the front scary. of my, yeah, in my, front of my neck. And I went to a few surgeons. They wanted to cut it. It wasn't an easy surgery. Like if they could have just poked it, I would have been up for that probably, but it was a, a pretty intense surgery. And so I just decided that I was going to heal myself using Ayurveda, Eastern Indian science herbs, and predominantly a plant-based diet. We have our tongue scrapers. Yeah, it's the best thing <laughs> Isn't it ever. the best? I yeah. can't believe I ever lived without that. I so actually good. find myself judging people that don't That don't scrape. scrape. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. If you're listening and you're not scraping your tongue, you need to get on board. I will run into yes. people and I will start inspecting the tongue. You're like, let's see your tongue. Yeah, That's what's going on great. there? Can you talk a little, about, a little bit about the Ayurvedic practices that you yeah. do? Yes. What are the top three? So, uh, well, the, the top one that I would say is waking up and drinking a large water flush. So it's warm water, body temperature water, drank all at once, first thing in the morning. Like just chug the Lemon just or chug just it. warm water? Um, I don't really need it because I'm very sensitive, but you could add lemon if you need it. I need a lot of water, like a big maybe even a like half a liter, a liter, yeah. liter, not liter be too much, half a liter. So I, I get a hot pot and then get fresh, clean water and then f kind of top it off. So it's body temp, chug that, that kicks in elimination. So the first thing in, in the morning you, you want to eliminate, right? Same thing. You're, you're scraping the toxins off your tongue. Another really beautiful Ayurvedic um, practice is going to bed before you're tired. 
So this is usually we go, 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 go. And it's like, oh, I'm exhausted. Like I have to. And then we have like an iPhone on our on our ear and our computers playing. So in Ayurveda, especially when you're looking to get more balance, you want to actually go to bed before you're tired. So it's, you know, washing your hands, your feet, your mouth, your face, getting in bed. And maybe before you get in bed, drinking something warm, a hot, you know, herbal, you know, in Ayurveda, they use milk. So it would be a warm milk. Um, but you know, organic raw, I don't do that anymore though. I just do coconut milk, but something warm. It's the warmness that triggers the like, okay, it's time to like, you know, come down. Um, so those are three. What time do you normally get to bed? Like, is it nine? Is it 10? Pretty early. Um, and earlier in winter than in summer. So again, that's very Ayurveda. Like, uh, so in the winter, I go to my, I might be in bed at eight. Okay. In the summer, I might go to bed at 10 or 11. Same thing in the winter, I'm going to eat warm cooked foods in, as it starts to get warmer than in the spring that I may eat more raw, but, and everybody's different. Everybody's constitution's different. So I'm very Vata, obviously. So, um, everyone's different, but to understand that we are organisms and life forms that are living in harmony with our environment. So local seasonal foods, organic, and also what's going on, what, what's going on in your environment are peaches in season. You know, you don't want to be eating pineapple in December if you don't live in on a tropical island, that type of thinking makes sense. Are peaches in season? Because I love yeah. some good peaches. in season. <laughs> I do too. Yeah. <laughs> what is a book, a podcast, a resource that you can recommend to our audience that's really transformed something in your life? Well, actually, there's one that I've just come across pretty recently that I want to mention, and it's Beauty Counter Cosmetics. Okay. Um, I have recently met the founder of that company, and I can't tell you how amazing it is to have beauty products available to us that are toxin-free. This is a really amazing company. And also it's run by consultants. So it's actually giving women the opportunity to, you know, or men, sorry about that, people, uh, the opportunity to, you know, create a business and be involved in something that's making a difference. So that I really, really love. Um, I'm really into um, under the skin, I have to say. Russell Brand. <laughs> his podcast? Yeah, his podcast. Oh, to check it out. That. I I've just love him. That. And you know, it's this funny universal joke, how the universe is always teasing. It has such a funny sense of humor. But I have to say, in his movie, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. It's a great movie. Okay, it's a great movie. But I did not think that that was going to be somebody that was going to be a mentor to me or, or a someone that I would look to for, I, I love the fact that he is so courageous with his viewpoints. I'm trying to be less um, hidden with my viewpoints. I've sort of lived my whole life with this other awareness. And so I've managed in business and in fashion and in all these other areas. Um, and, you know, he's very forthright and very, you know, very, uh, very clear and very courageous and very real. A very unapologetically himself. Yeah, and very, exactly. And I think that's what I'm really interested in. I'm really interested in all of us really being ourselves. And if I don't say it, Rich will probably be really mad. Say. The Rich Roll podcast, of course. And uh, my podcast. Div yes, yes. What's your podcast? Well, Pimp my, yourself out. My, uh, Tell us where we can find you. Yeah, um, you can find everything at juliepyatt.com. Okay. But my podcast is Divine Through Line. 
and I have over 120 episodes of spiritual content, and it's spiritual musings on how to live a life divine. I'm going to be evolving that into a new name and a new brand. It's called For the Life of Me, um, where I'm going to continue to offer this synthesis, this minimalism, and this ability for us to really tap into our own divine design so we can all be who we are, and then we'll all bless the world. It sounds like every area you're so creative. You turn it into a creative process. Always. We're going to link everything up. So. Yeah, and okay, you guys cool. check it your out. book. Tell everyone about it. Yeah, the your book. book is, okay, so we have uh, The Plant Power Way Italia. It is over 120 recipes from the Italian countryside, all plant-based, has my cheese technology in it. Um, it's really super delicious family food, so you can check that out on Amazon. I cannot wait to make this pasta. You guys, it looks amazing, and they have an arugula fig gorgonzola pizza. Yeah, yeah. Right. gluten-free cauliflower. See, if, if, if I knew how to make these plant-based foods you all the time, you now know. Yeah, no, now no, I know. No, 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 no excuse. Don't now I know. Yeah. Now I know. Like your you... fucking tent and start cooking for me. <laughs> you guys, send me a photo, okay? I will. Right. Thank you so much for coming Thanks. on. Thank you for really doing quick, this. Really quick, what's your Instagram handle too? It's at Srimati, S-R-I-M-A-T-I. Perfect. Okay. Thank you so much Thanks for coming. Thanks, you guys. Thank you. Lots of love. As always, if you guys want to win a free TSC meal plan, simply head to my latest Instagram and tell us your favorite part of this episode with Julie. We are always taking notes on what you guys like, don't like, any constructive criticism. We want to know. With that, I hope you guys have a very relaxing weekend and we will see you on Tuesday.